maybe you're at the place now where you have a certain level of confidence and belief in what you're doing and you actually enjoy going back. I'm at the place now where I actually enjoy going into old environments because I do believe I'm comfortable enough to hold that. You know what's interesting? When you revert to a past version of yourself, the law of attraction doesn't work properly anymore. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, NLU weekly live podcast for week number 138, even though I think last week I said we were a week ahead, I'm not sure. What feelings do the holidays bring out for you? Alan and I are back in the studio. Our audio quality will be much better than it was last week, hopefully. Hopefully you're having a wonderful Monday and you had a great holiday weekend if you celebrate the holidays that we celebrate. So I told you this, Alan, I had a client who said to me the other day, she said, do people even listen to podcasts during the holidays? And I said, that's, that's a really good question. I said, it depends on your audience. I know for us, the majority of our audience tends to struggle with the holidays because they're going into old environments. They might be seeing old friends. They might be seeing family that they only see once a year, maybe twice a year. And there's a lot of opportunity for uncomfortable situations. And I think back to, it was either year one or year two of the podcast. It was probably year two because I had left my job and it wasn't my immediate family. It was it was an indirect family member. But they, I remember they said, "Oh, you're so you're doing a podcast. That's what you're doing now." And it was very it it wasn't meant to be disrespectful, but it was very like, "Oh, that's cute. That's cute that you're doing a podcast." And I remember leaving that saying, "Oh my goodness, they do not believe in me at all." And is any of what I'm doing actually going to matter in the grand scheme of things? So I do remember leaving that family outing a little bit shaken. And I thought, for us at least in the U.S., it's holiday season. We just had Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up. And I know in other parts of the world, there are different holiday seasons. But what do the holiday seasons bring out for you? Is it something that you look forward to? Is it something that you realize, you know what? I'm going to be around a lot of family members and old friends, and I'm afraid I'm going to revert. We figured we'd do an episode on it. So here we are. And by revert, what we mean is revert to a past version of yourself. And... uh Having coached thousands of sessions at this point, I track all my coaching sessions and I'm I'm about to surpass 1,500. And that's not including the NLU team and, and many other masterminds. And what I've found people all over the world, family, and this I wrote this down, family can make or break everything when it comes to you achieving your dreams. And family can be your greatest strength or it can be your biggest weakness. And honestly, usually it's a combination of both. You know, some of the best lessons I've ever gotten in life were from my mom, but I also had to, in some ways, stand up to her uh, when it came to business or whatever. And, and so coaching a lot of people, it's almost like family is closest to our heart. So we, we, it's a very vulnerable place to be. And a lot of times what happens is we go out, we grow, we move, we 
chase our dreams. We go on adventures and we, we, we have different careers and different jobs and we go expand and explore and learn and grow. And then we come back and we come back as a different version of ourselves. But the people that we come back to and the environments that we come back to sometimes haven't changed much, much at all. And Kev, you and I being on the road for, I don't know, nine or 10 days or whatever, even coming back, there's still a reacclimation. We have to reacclimate to, you know, this environment. I have to go back to that old gym that I, but I'm different and I can tell I'm different now. This gym is the same, but I'm different now. It's slight, but imagine what a couple years could do or, or an entire year in this case, when it comes to the holidays. So I'll tell this story briefly. I have a client of mine who usually does not go home for the holidays. And this is one of the reasons because she reverts to a past version of herself. Understandable. And I have this written down. Holidays trigger past versions. Past environments trigger past versions. So this person has two sisters. One is a... So she's the oldest. She has two younger sisters. One's older than the other. And essentially what this person had done is uh, there was this situation where... And I'll keep it anonymous. They're driving somewhere with their mother. I forget where they were going, but they were going as a family. And the mom was upset about something and was crying. And this person, my client, was essentially uh, really sad for her mom in this moment. And then one of the other sisters started laughing. And this client of mine essentially stood up to her younger sister and said, like, don't, don't laugh. Like, that's, you know, mom's really hurting right now. And then the younger sister kind of lashed out a little bit. And this person, this client of mine reverted to an old version and kind of went submissive and didn't really stand up for her mom in that moment to the way that she wished that she had. And she was articulating this to me. And I essentially said this, I said, you know, what's interesting when you revert to a past version of yourself, the law of attraction doesn't work properly anymore. So for example, Kevin and I uh, interviewed Evan Carmichael on his YouTube channel last week and there was a moment during the interview where I had a moment where I, I was really, I needed to stand my energetic ground on the interview. Evan and I had a little disagreement about long-term strategic thinking. And he said, well, there's no way the 23-year-old version of you knew where you'd end up as the 33-year-old version. And I said, well, some things are very different than I thought, but there are some things that are actually exactly on point that I did really aspire to. And so I had to kind of, I had to hold my ground in that. And I did, and it ended up being an awesome conversation. When we ended up getting off the interview, the f- videographer, uh, his name's Danny, said that was by far the best of all the interviews today. That last half hour was the best. And I think that's why. And so when you go back into these past environments, when you go back, and we met Evan three years ago, and so we are a new version of ourselves. And we could have reverted back. I could have reverted back to the old version where I didn't stand my ground or I didn't, I looked up to him and didn't, didn't hold my ground. And I still look up to him in many ways. But when you go back into these old environments, when you, when you have these holidays and these old persons, places, things, and ideas, if you don't hold your ground on the new version of you, the law of attraction doesn't work properly. I know that whether it's conscious or not, Evan sees me a little differently than he used to see me and he should because I've grown a lot over the last three years, but that's only because I held my energetic ground. Now that doesn't mean you fight. That doesn't mean that you argue. That doesn't mean that you're unkind. It just means that you have to try to stay this version of yourself and don't get it twisted. This is very difficult to do. Yeah. It's the thought process is who does this person remember me as and who am I now? That really is it. And then the difference between the two is the 
availability for conflict. And it really is, and again, it is a sliding scale and it's personal and it depends. There's a lot of complexities and a lot of it's contextual. I don't know why I'm using so many big words, but <laughs> you might you might stand up to somebody in a certain way versus somebody else. It might be completely different. For me, and I'm interested for your take on this, Alan, I don't want to just make it, okay, your feelings are negative in the holidays because maybe they're not. Maybe you're at the place now where you have a certain level of confidence and belief in what you're doing and you actually enjoy going back. I'm at the place now where I actually enjoy going into old environments because I do believe I'm comfortable enough to hold that. And again, that hasn't always been that way. But what's your feeling on that? Do you ever get that where you're like, you know what, I'm actually kind of excited to go into an old new environment as this version of Alan, because now I believe, I know you've always believed, okay, maybe now I have results that will prove that I'm not as crazy as people think. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because I think there's a small percentage that is grateful to go back and have achieved what I said I would. But most of it is just like, no, I'm not looking forward to it. Mm. Because I think I know that that's coming. That, that, I'll give an example. So I have an older sister. She's three years older than me. And I remember we went and got dinner. And I had this weird moment with myself where I was like, wait a minute. I'm like so much acting like little brother right now. Like I'm, and, and. This is nothing against my sister, but when it comes to holistic self-improvement and goals and dreams and fulfillment and life and business and money and finance and health and wealth and love, I mean, it's not, it's not close. And I, and I, but I still revert to like little brother. And I had this moment where I was like, wait a minute, why am I doing that? And I think that that's the dynamic her and I have. When we were younger, she was always ahead of me. She always... She was always three years older and three years when you're young, when you're seven, three years is a big deal. That's like half your you life, know, almost half your life. Right. But when you're 33 and she's 36, it's not as big of a Delta. And so in many ways, the leader needs to lead. And I think what's been challenging for me, and hopefully this will resonate with a lot of our listeners when the wrong person, when the person with lower awareness is leading, it's bad for everyone. Mm. And I think that most environments that I go in, not all of them, but a lot of environments that I go in now, I should be leading. And trust me, there's many arenas where I shouldn't. I mean, if we're, if we're doing home improvement or cars or, or certain things, trust me, I don't lead. And I'm really good at being a student and taking a backseat and letting someone else run the show. That's, I'm happy to do that. But when it comes to certain conversations, I have a really hard time because I'll give you an example. One, one person during the holidays had said something along the lines of, well, you know, these days there's only one way to make money and that's in real estate. And I'm like, uh, tech perhaps like maybe the tech industry, you know, and I, I have trouble. I have this negative relationship with ignorance and it's just a very ignorant statement. Real estate is not the only way to make money, not even close. As a matter of fact, the tech industry is definitely the the way to go. And anyone who doesn't study this probably doesn't know that. But anyone who studies it even a little bit, it, it's pretty obvious, right? You know, Facebook, Google, Amazon, like these are tech companies. 
and Amazon's technically not a tech company, but it is if you look at the the robotics they use and all that stuff. And so I think that's the challenge, Kevin, and I'll I'll just share this briefly. Kevin and I went to a backyard barbecue together one time and we were interviewing Stephen Kotler not long after that. And I said, Kev, I'm way more concerned about being here than I am interviewing Stephen Kotler. With Stephen Kotler, I feel totally comfortable be myself, study neuroscience, all that stuff. Great, peak performance. And Kev said it's the opposite for him. You were nervous for the Stephen Kotler interview. I'm, I was more comfortable interviewing Evan Carmichael than I am at family gatherings, for sure. Mm. It's not even close. It's not even close. I was very, very comfortable in that interview from my perspective. I, I felt at home. Mm. Whereas at home, I don't feel at home. Um, I feel at home with Emilia and I feel at home here on these mics and, and doing self-improvement. So hopefully that answers your original question. Hey guys, it's Alex Ramos and I am happy that I was in group coaching for a second time. Um, it definitely helps to have accountability. I'm happy that I invested in this because it was investing in me and even better, I get to meet people that are doing the same exact thing to help themselves. And I need friends and close people around me like that, you know? So yeah, I really appreciated being in group coaching because of the accountability and because of meeting people. It's, it's so weird that it's almost easier to meet a stranger than it is to meet somebody who thinks and knows you as a certain version of yourself that you're not anymore. Because they're they're used to that version. Like you're a little cousin, little brother, little sister, niece, nephew, you're that. And it's it really, it's very, very, very interesting. I think the only thing you can really, really do, and to your point, and it's very hard to explain this, but at all times, subconsciously, people are sizing other people up energetically. I will be dominant. Alan will be submissive. Alan will be dominant. I will be submissive. It's always happening, whether we know it or not. There's always some sort of subconscious positioning going on. What you have to do is you have to sit in the discomfort of the conflict. And all that means is somebody might unintentionally talk down to you, and you just have to make sure you raise your energy so they're actually talking across to you. Again, it's very hard to explain. It's easy to imagine. But you know when somebody's, oh, so you're oh, you have that business now? That's cute. It's like, no, 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 this isn't cute. I made $7,000 last week or whatever, $7,000 last month. They made $7,000 last year. Just trying not to do that with ego. I understand that's very, very challenging, but this is the other interesting thing too. You, When you go, potentially when you go into these environments, what's happening is you're leaving one echo chamber. So for us, we leave podcasting where we're very valued because we have so many episodes and we're quote unquote successful and we go somewhere where people don't value podcasting at all. Many people might not even know what a podcast is. So then you have to reestablish yourself and your identity, which is a whole nother thing too. So it's interesting. I tend to, I tend to be pretty quiet. And I think one of the reasons is I do understand that if it gets brought up what I do, that's usually when it's pretty cool. I've said when I go to weddings, I know about the halfway mark when we start talking about what we do, it's usually like, oh my God, Kevin is cool. Like you're a podcaster and you interview people and you have a coaching stuff and wait, you make money? Wow, that's awesome. So I, I try to slow play it where I like to almost be mysterious. I like that because I think it puts you in a, in a unique position where it's like, yeah, if you want to know more about what's happening, you can ask. If not, 
I'm confident in what I'm doing and I'm confident in who I am as the person that I arrived here as. But again, easier said than done, all of this. So Kev, there was a moment uh, during the holidays, during Thanksgiving. And again, this is nothing against my mom because she was very sweet in this moment, but she was like, oh, those Airbnbs looked really expensive. <laughs> and I was like, all right, listen, like we had that moment where it was like, I understand that in the beginning that would have been a concern. Mm. It, like, don't, don't go there. And so the lesson here is hold your energetic ground. And for anyone who's watching or listening, listen, there's no human who doesn't have this issue with their family. Seriously, your caregivers see themselves as caregivers still. It's very hard for a mom not to mom. Seriously, understandable. But the problem is, is that, and this is the way that I break it down. I've talked a lot about this recently. You have the teacher, we'll call it the guide. You have the guide, you have the peer, peers, guides, and then students. When the wrong person is in the wrong role at the wrong time, it causes this friction to happen. And for those of you who are just on audio, I was doing, I was basically taking my fists and butting them up against each other. I call it hold your energetic wall. I, I call it a shield wall. So a shield wall, imagine uh, I use the, the movie Troy as an example. The Greeks are attacking the Trojans and the Trojans have this shield wall. And in this analogy, you're really protecting your, your core values. You're protecting your merit. You're protecting what you've earned. So if let's say you have earned your stripes, for lack of better phrasing. You have to protect that. You have to hold your energetic ground. You have to hold your shield wall. Because if you keep on giving them ground, giving them ground, giving them ground, you're not going to be respected. You're going to shrink. I've seen so many clients who shrink around other people's egos. And I've, I, I'll tell this story briefly as well. Kevin one time gave me a referral for coaching uh, of a man who has a massive ego. Never going to live gonna it down either. Yeah, no, Damn. no, no. So, and he, he essentially, it was a brutal conversation because it's like, wait a minute, you called me. But essentially he's like, why should I coach with you? And I'm like proving myself to this guy, right? And which triggered the hell out of me because I feel like as a young man, I used to have to prove myself a lot. Bullied all this stuff. And so it triggered me and I ended up calling Kev, like never send me someone like him again, please. Uh, I don't care about any of the money, none of that. Like I'm not going to prove myself. I said, I, at the end of the call, I eventually said, you shouldn't coach with me. Like you, you obviously are fine on your own. Like, good luck. The true answer is I'm ahead of you in everything, but I'm not going to say that because I don't want to argue with this guy. <laughs> guy. Like, what are we doing here? Let me get back to my life. But if any of you feel that way when you go back home, that's all it is. It's, it's you have to sort of reestablish the pecking order for lack of better phrasing. And for me, I'm more comfortable as a student. That's why I love to learn. I mean, I'm constantly asking questions. There was a, during the holidays, we had someone from Hungary and I was asking, uh, she's Hungarian. I was asking all these questions about if I didn't live in Hungary, like what, what, what could I learn? And, uh, there was a woman we met in Toronto, uh, from Japan as well. And I was asking, apparently in, ja in Japan, everyone has like every household has their own like style of pickles. Apparently. So like if you go into Japan homes, apparently they have like amazing pickles. I don't know. That's what she said, right? I love being a student. I love understanding other people's perspectives and I love picking their brains. What I didn't realize is that when you act like a student, people see you like a student. And so if I'm picking, I have a bunch of business mentors and, you know, some in my family and I'm always asking them questions. I mean, one of them is running a robotics company right now. So I'm asking about the machine learning and AI and all this cool stuff. And then I realize, oh, everyone thinks he knows more than I do. 
So I leave the room looking like a student. No, 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 I know more than he does, definitely. I'm just asking because I'm curious. And and the reason why I know that I know more than him is because I'm always a student. See how it's like this ironic thing going on? I'm always asking questions, that's why I know more, but yet I'm not seen as knowing more because I'm not holding my energetic ground. And so whether it's a little sister, big sister, big brother, little brother, mom, father, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, you name it, you have to hold your energetic ground wherever the truth is. If you don't know anything about air conditioning, don't act like you do, right? Be a student when someone else has earned their stripes in that arena. But but if you have earned your stripes and you know that you know that you know that you know that you're ahead of this other person when it comes to finance or whatever, like that person in real estate, well, you know, real estate is the only way to make money these days. It's no, that's not even a little bit true. And I know that. And I have to speak up about that. I have to say, well, have you ever considered investing in tech companies? Because you know, that's the way to go, obviously, right? You have to kind of, and again, even that's a little bit of ego, right? You have to try to just hold your ground a little bit. And and that's ridiculously difficult. And I think for our listeners in particular, this is not something that comes naturally, mm. you know, but it's important. Get your quote card out for this before we bring in Brandon. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> if you only show the people around you who you've been, They'll never know who you are today. So next level nation, we're talking about the holidays and there is a new year that is coming upon us very, very quickly. A lot of us set new year's resolutions. We set shallow goals that we end up falling off of in a couple months, a couple weeks, a couple days in some cases. Make 2023 the best year of your life by starting it with strength. Our ninth round of group coaching is starting on January 3rd. Link will be below and in the show notes for those listening to the replay. It's very affordable. We have payment plans. It's Alan and I bi-weekly. It's just awesome. I used to want to, or I used to think to myself, what are the words I should say to help people understand the value of this? Alan and I have been studying this community for a long time. Everything we do is based on helping you get to the next level. Group coaching is very much the same, but a little bit deeper. So I, many of you know that I did a marathon one time and I went too hot out of the gate. The first half marathon was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be. I did it very well. The second half of the marathon, I ended up limping across the finish line. I jogged the last lap, but it was absolutely brutal. So a lot of the reason why people don't achieve their dreams uh, and their, their New Year's resolutions essentially is because they come too hot out of the gate. Right out of it's like new year, new me. Let's do a whole new workout program and let's. It never works. I wrote an article about why it never works. It's called Micro Failure for Macro Success. It's about building belief slowly and incrementally over time. We've all heard about the tortoise and the hare. This article is like the tortoise and the hare, but far more in depth, far more applicable to your goals and dreams. So if you want 2023 to be different, yes, of course, sign up for group coaching. We start small and we build there. Start with three habits, then you track six, eventually nine, that whole thing. But this article is going to give you what you'll leave with. It's like a 15 minute read. It took me like three and a half months to write this thing. What you'll leave with is a deeper understanding of why most people never achieve their New Year's resolutions. I wish I had the stats. I wish I had the stats of people who said new year, new, new me, and then didn't achieve any of what they said they would, were going to. And I don't want that to be you, neither does Kevin. So instead, this year, don't be the hare. Don't come hot out of the gate like I did in the marathon and then end up limping across the finish line. 
be the tortoise and just start small and build. You have 365 days to work with here. You can start small and actually build, and then that way you feel good about yourself at the end of the year instead of, damn, another year went by where I didn't achieve anything that I wanted to. So check out that article, join group coaching, and thank you for listening. Hashtag be the tortoise. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.